It's great to be with you again. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, yesterday I was uh, uh, having some time with our, our dear friends Sunit and uh, Samantha. And, uh, you know, I had a, uh, a tight, crisp uh, message ready for you. But she said to me that in the place where they come from, the longer the message, the more powerful it is. So I had to get up very early and make it a good uh, 70, 90 minute message this morning. I, I thought, you know, I, mustn't, uh, I must listen to what the local leaders are saying. So I had to spend a lot of time expanding my message. Uh, but it's, uh, that's a joke. Uh, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's just such a pleasure. I bring uh, many greetings from my family, uh, Cynthia and the kids. Uh, and also from Good News Church. We think of you often and we are so grateful that we have friends here. Uh, in fact, we have given you a huge gift, a huge gift uh, uh, in one of our couples. So, you know, Conrad and Johanna and their lovely son were so much a part of us. And then we said, what can we send to Pune? What big gift can we donate to the Church of God, you know? And here we are. So I hope you're grateful to us for giving this, uh, this gift to you. Uh, this, morning, uh, this morning, as we uh, look at God's Word, uh, the Lord put on my heart to speak to you about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And I'll be talking about the seven signs that the kingdom of God is here. Seven signs that the kingdom of God is here. If you have your Bible, will you please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 33. And these are the words of our Lord. He puts it like this. He says, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Yeah? And so, from the very beginning, this is what Jesus says, says to us. He says, you know, there's two kinds of people. There's the followers of Jesus, and there's those who are the followers of other things. And the, the Bible uses this word pagan. Sometimes it uses the word Gentiles. But for the followers of Jesus, our priorities are very different. Before I knew Jesus, uh, these were my priorities. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Uh, who's looking at me? Who's not looking at me? What brand are people talking about today? But when you come to meet Jesus, our souls find their home in Him. Amen? And our priorities change. No longer are these things a great botheration. But now we are thinking, how shall we seek Jesus' kingdom? How shall we come closer to King Jesus? And how shall his righteousness be added into our lives? Let me start by saying this. When we give our life to Jesus and we are brought into his kingdom, our souls find their home. 
Our souls find their home because that's what we were made for. We were made to live in the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's why, you know, many children's stories start like this. Long time ago, in a land far away, there was a wonderful kingdom and a great king. Anybody heard a story like that? Many children's stories start like this. Why do they start like that? That's because that's what we were made for. We were made to live in a great place called the kingdom. We were made to live with a good king who rules well, who is not exploiting us and who looks after our needs. Amen? And when we come into the kingdom, our souls find the very rest that they were made for. And so uh, that's where we are in the kingdom of God. Another great reason uh, to celebrate that we are in God's kingdom just by way of introduction is this. We are living in what they call a VUCA world, a very volatile, very unpredictable, very uncertain world. Things, companies rise up and suddenly that company goes. Uh, nations rise up. Nations' boundaries are being altered now, you know. Uh, Ukraine doesn't know where its boundaries are today. You know, are they where they say is that where Putin says? Uh, Putin himself is not in a stable situation today. Very few things are stable. Very few things are dependable. But as I often say, there's one great place, uh, one great thing that God is doing whose stock never goes down and it's called the kingdom of God. And as my friend was saying today, if you put your money in the kingdom of God, returns are guaranteed to rise all the time. Returns are guaranteed to rise all the time. In fact, if you read your Bible, you will notice, particularly in the New Testament, how Jesus is constantly talking about his kingdom. Uh, at the very beginning, he says, this is my assignment, Luke 4, verse 43. He says, I have come to preach the good news of the kingdom to all these towns. That's why I have come. He was very clear. That was his agenda. All these things like healing, deliverance, teaching, they were all part of preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Amen. When they asked him, Lord Jesus, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray. How should we pray? He said, pray like this. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. So even our prayers should be kingdom prayers. Kingdom prayers. Thirdly, when they asked him, what should we be taking hold of with our lives? You know, what should be our great concern? What should be the burden of my life? He said, listen to this. He said, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men and women are laying hold of it. Amen. And that's a great place to put our energies and our attention as well. Here's another thing. What should we be talking, Jesus? Should we be talking about how uh, you heal, how you deliver? What should we be talking about? He said, do this. He says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of God is near. Amen. So a little quick snapshot by way of introduction to say to you that everything Jesus is and everything he does 
and all the benefits we receive in this world by belonging to him are encapsulated in this wonderful doctrine of the king and his kingdom. In the next uh, 20 or 25 minutes or so, I'd like to give you seven signs that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus kept saying, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. Anybody read that verse ever? The kingdom of God is near. How do we know it's near? What are we supposed to expect when the kingdom of God is near? Well, here are seven signs. Here's the first one. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, it overcomes spiritual darkness and Jesus becomes the light of our life. When the kingdom of dark, of, of, of when the kingdom of God breaks into this world, it overcomes spiritual darkness and blindness, and Jesus becomes, uh, as we say in Hindi, Radei Samrat. He becomes the king of our hearts. Amen. Uh, all these other things get displaced, and light comes into this place of darkness. Colossians chapter one verse thirteen puts it like this: He has rescued us out of the dominion of darkness and he has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Amen. Let me ask you a direct question this morning. Jesus says, there's no place called no man's land. You know, sometimes between nations, no? They have India, they have Pakistan and they have a little stretch called no man's land. Jesus says, in spiritual terms, there's no no man's land. You are either in the dominion of darkness, which is also a kingdom. Dominion is another word for kingdom. Or you are in the kingdom of the son he loves. If you're in the kingdom of darkness, you enjoy or you suffer the works of darkness and the fruits of darkness. And I can tell you, that's where I was before I met Jesus. But now I'm thrilled that I'm in the kingdom of the son he loves. Because I'm enjoying the king and the fruits of this kingdom. Let me ask you this morning, which kingdom are you in? Which kingdom are you in? Are you in the kingdom of darkness? Or are you in the kingdom of the son he loves, King Jesus? Some of you seem a bit unsure. Uh, what, is, what answer is he expecting from here? <laughs> what does he want us to say? Let me ask you, are you in the kingdom of the son he loves? If you are, I want you to say it with great confidence. There's nothing greater than this. You know, I'm in the kingdom of the son he loves. Amen. Amen. You know, there was a great preacher called Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Great preacher, one of, my, one of my heroes. And just by the way, a tip for you. Have heroes of dead people. Don't make heroes of living people because you don't know what they'll do before they die. So here's a tip for you. Have heroes of dead people. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my great heroes, taught me how to study and read, read the word. When he was dying, when he was dying, they asked him, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, which verse is close to you now at this time? And he said this, this is the verse. The verse is, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written on the Lamb's book of life. Because he says, now my time has come to go. What is left? Only one thing. My name is written on the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb will come to take me. Amen. This is the deal clincher, my friends. And let me ask you a question. 
How do you get from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his son? I used to think I do it, I get to that kingdom by doing religious things, perhaps uh, uh, giving flowers, celebrating feasts, uh, giving some donation to some church. That's what I thought. Those things would help me to move from darkness to light. And I realized all those things have got no value to bring me to Jesus. Pilgrimages and all these things are useless in transferring me out of darkness into light. There's just one way by which we enter into the kingdom of his son. And that is by putting our trust in the work of Jesus on the cross. By saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Can you make me a son of God? I give to you my sinful life. Will you give me a new life in Christ? Amen. And if you have done that, then you are in the kingdom of God. If you are thinking I'm in the kingdom of God because I go to church and because I'm a nice guy and because I love Colin and all the other people and I read my Bible, all good things, but they don't bring you to the kingdom of light. There's just one way to enter. It's a narrow way. Have you entered through that way, my friends? If you have, then darkness has replaced your, in your heart, has been replaced by light. You know, King August, uh, St. Augustine put it like this. He says, uh, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Do you have a restless heart this morning? Are you troubled? Then let me say this to you. Your heart will be restless until you help it to find its rest in the Lord Jesus and in Him alone. Amen? Jesus is the King of the kingdom. In fact, Jesus in the, is the King of the kingdom in such a powerful way that if you take Jesus out, there's no kingdom left. Think about it. I was in the UK uh, when the Queen died. Do you know? The queen died, but the kingdom of Great Britain didn't end. The kingdom went on. And after a few days, they found themselves another king. Because the kingdom of Great Britain is greater than the king of Great Britain. Not so with the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the entire kingdom of God is dependent on the king. You take King Jesus away, there's no kingdom left there. Will someone say amen to that? Amen. Amen. And so to enter that kingdom, we enter into Jesus. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I hope you, are, you, are, you have a wonderful relationship with Jesus, with King Jesus. Here's the second one. How do we know the kingdom of God is near? When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, it overcomes forgiveness and brings God's acceptance. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, it overcomes condemnation and brings forgiveness and acceptance. That's why when Jesus, uh, some, uh, a paralytic man was brought to Jesus in Mark chapter 9, before healing him, Jesus puts it like this, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And they say, who is this man to forgive sins? And Jesus says, what is greater in your hearts to say, what is easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And so that you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, he says to this man, get up, pick up your mat 
and go home. Let me say this to you, my friends. Which is a greater issue in the man's life? Healing or forgiveness of sins? Which is the greatest issue? Forgiveness of sins. Let's never forget that. When the kingdom of God breaks in, the greatest problem in our life is dealt with and we are a forgiven people. Would you say amen to that? Amen. amen? There was once a young man in our church and he had a problem with his back and he was going through many difficulties. And one day he came and said to me, he said, Ranjit, I'm thinking of leaving God. I'm thinking of leaving the church. Why? I said, he said, God is not answering my prayer. I'm in pain. I'm in this. I'm in that. And my properties are not getting sorted out and all of that. I said to him, I said, tell me one thing. Are you in the kingdom of God? He said, yes. I said, do you know your sins are forgiven? He said, yes. I said, are you sure that if you die tonight, you will be lifted by the angels and taken directly into the presence of God? He said, yes. Then I said, you should be spending the rest of eternity saying thank you to Jesus, whether all your problems get answered or not. I tell you this, my friends. What is man's greatest problem? Some people think it's an in international war. And that's a big problem. Some people think it is strife, and that's a big problem. Some people think it is hunger and poverty and famine, and that's also a big problem. Some people think it is illiteracy and uh, not, lack, not having education. It's also a big problem. But let me tell you man's biggest problem. Man's biggest problem is none of these giants. It is the fact that you and I were born sinners and we need a savior to forgive us. That's man's biggest problem. Amen? And once that is sorted out, all these things will be added unto us as well. Will someone say amen to that? And in the kingdom of, darkness, of light, our condemnation is taken away and we are now accepted by the Father. Will someone get a bit more excited about that? We should get excited about that. Amen. You should. You know, there was, a, uh, there was a man and he was illiterate. And to make his living, one day he decided to steal nuts and bolts from the train track. All right? Train tracks began to steal nuts and bolts from the train track and sell it to make money. And somebody said to uh, somebody saw this man doing that and thought, oh, he's uneducated. That's his problem. Let's take him and give him a good business education. And there was a great preacher called D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody says, you catch this man stealing nuts and bolts from the track and you send him to Harvard Business School. He's going to come back with, an, with a Harvard MBA and this time he's going to steal the whole track. <laughs> he said he's going to steal the whole track this time. Because the key issue has not been dealt with, which is the darkness of sin in our hearts, my friends. That's dealt with when we come. There is no condemnation. We are now accepted sons of the Father and brothers of Jesus. Amen? Third one, third one. What happens when the kingdom of God breaks in? The third one, when the kingdom of God breaks into this world, confusion and wrongdoing is overcome and replaced with righteousness. Let me say that to you again. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, 
confusion and wrongdoing is overcome and it is replaced with righteousness. Think of what happened to Zacchaeus. He was a man who lived unrighteous. But when Jesus came into this house, he said, Lord, right now, look, I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I give four times back that amount. And Jesus said, today, salvation has come to this man's house. Uh, notice Jesus doesn't tell him to do these things. Jesus doesn't tell him, uh, Zacchaeus, you've been a naughty boy. Uh, come on, half that, those fixed deposits, stocks, you've got to give it back now. He doesn't do any of that. But the kingdom of God has come. And when the kingdom comes, everything changes. Would you say amen to that? Our perspective changes from inside. No longer, as our brother was telling us, do we need a law that says, thou shalt give 10%. We are itching to give more. We are saying, what 10%? Keep that for the Old Testament saints. We are thinking, how much more can I give? Because I want to see the kingdom of God advance. Amen? So righteousness replaces confusion and wrongdoing. I was telling the young people in our church when I was sitting with them in the week gone by. Before I met Jesus, uh, one of the bad habits I had was smoking. Uh, I used to smoke cigarettes and when I met Jesus, uh, one of the things Jesus didn't do, or at least I didn't hear him saying to me, thou shalt stop smoking. He didn't say that to me. Or maybe he said and I didn't hear. I don't know. But the first thing that happened is when I reached into my bag to take out my cigarettes, I looked at that packet and I thought, I don't need this stuff anymore now. I don't need this. Because the Holy Spirit is living within me. And I took that pack and I flung it away and didn't need it ever since. Hallelujah. Why? Because righteousness is given to us from the cross. It is imputed into us. We are truly within a righteous people acceptable to God. And that righteousness is then worked out in our daily lives. Does that make sense, my friends? Next one. Number four. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world confusion and lack is replaced by God's powerful peace let me say that again when the kingdom of God breaks into this world confusion and lack is replaced by God's powerful peace remember this when Jesus meets his disciples this is what he says peace be with you not as the world gives my peace I give to you. Amen? And that word peace is a very powerful word. Let me tell you, uh, for those who like to hear Greek words, I don't throw Greek words often when I'm preaching, uh, but those who like to hear Greek words, this is a good one to remember. It's the Greek word Irene. And Irene is very different from the English word peace. The English word peace means an absence of conflict. It's what I used to say to my kids when I came home from work. Uh, they say, I should come home, they say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I should say, give me two minutes of peace. Two minutes of peace to have my coffee, and then I'll answer all your questions. So for us, peace means absence of conflict. But in the Bible, when it, Jesus uses the word peace, it means we are permanently reconciled and connected to Him. That word peace is a powerful word. It speaks of permanent 
connection with God. What was once separated is now brought to peace. Is the word that is, uh, that is used for the x-ray of a bone that is broken. When that bone is healed, they say, oh, peace has come into that bone. It is now permanently reconciled. Amen. And do you know when a bone breaks and it heals, it never breaks again in that same place. Because the Lord arranges to get a little lump, extra lump of bone over that place. So it doesn't usually break in that same place again. I want to say this to you. In the kingdom of God, you and I have a permanent, non-cancelable connection with God. And all the benefits of the kingdom, whether it is healing, provision, deliverance, safety, righteousness, they come because we have peace with God. This is the key. Many people want the peace of God without being at peace with God. And they're two different things. The peace with God precedes the peace of God. We say, oh, I'm, I'm troubled. I want God's peace. Ah, you'll get God's peace only if you first make peace with God. How do you do that? By entering the kingdom of God. Does that make sense, my friends? Does that make sense? But if you and I are at peace with God, all the benefits of peace come to us. Healing, deliverance, provision, safety. These things come because we are in the kingdom of God and we are at peace with the holy God. Hallelujah. Are we okay so far? You got energy for another two? Yeah? Okay, I said seven. Here's the fifth one. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, even nature bows down to its power. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, even nature bows down to its power. That's why the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power, Paul tells the Corinthians. And listen to this. When Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Be still, quiet, and the wind died down. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. Let me ask you, have any of you addressed uh, forces of nature recently? Any of you done that? Not many, no? Not many. Why is that? Why is it we don't do it? Why don't we like Jesus speak to the waves? Because we have been taught rationalism, empiricism, all these terrible things that came out from people like Rousseau in France years ago. And they said to us, only what you can see with your senses is real, are real. Rest of these things, they're not real. Don't talk to the mountains. What is the mountain going to do? Don't talk to the waves. They're, 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 they're inanimate. But listen, when the kingdom of God breaks in, even nature submits to its power. And I want to encourage you as the people of God, speak to the fever like Jesus and cast it out of bodies. Speak to the waves. Do you have waves in your, in your life? Is there a storm? Get someone to agree with you in the church and say, we speak to you, storm. Be still now in Jesus' name. How can you do it? Because you are in the kingdom of God and the king's authority empowers your words now. Will someone say amen to that? Amen. And here's the last one. Here's the last one. When the kingdom of God breaks into this world, when the kingdom of God breaks into this world, misery is removed and joy 
replaces it. Misery is removed and joy replaces it. There's a wonderful verse in the Bible where Jesus says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And part B of that is from Ranjit Rodriguez. It's not in the Bible, but it is true. Part B is the joy of the Lord is your strength and the misery of the devil is your weakness. You understand, no? The joy of the Lord is your strength and the misery of the devil is your weakness. You understand? So you and I have an, have an obligation to live actively in the joy of the Lord. And that's why Christians should be smiling. You know, because a miserable Christian is a contradiction in terms. Joy is the glucose of heaven, as I often say. It is. Joy is the glucose of heaven. And you don't need insulin. Don't need your jabs. You enjoy the joy of the Lord. Amen? I can't tell you how important it is. We live in a very difficult time today. We live in a time of great pressure on us. Yeah? Pressure financially, pressure relationally. How do we survive? We survive because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? And so, uh, I want you to turn to someone next to you and say to them, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Will you do that? Go ahead and tell someone. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so, in the last couple of minutes or so, in the last couple of minutes or so, let me give you some application. All right, some application. What do we do with this understanding of the kingdom of God? Number one, number one, number one, seek the king and enjoy his presence. Seek the king and enjoy his presence. Remember what I said. No king, no kingdom. No king, no kingdom. So seek the king and enjoy his presence. I've not known many things that have been as successful in the hands of the devil as the weapon of busyness. How many know about that weapon? The weapon of busyness? Huh? It's a terrible weapon. Terrible weapon. It's a weapon of the devil. Because it seeks to rob us of our time with Jesus. It steals our quiet time. It steals those few minutes that we could have sat at the feet of Jesus and gazed upon his face and found the resources that we need to live victoriously that day. And no wonder the day is not victorious because I have not got the resources from him, from the king in the morning. Can you see what I'm saying? And so number one, let's learn to make place and make time to feed on the king and receive joy. That happens personally, that happens corporately as well. Remember this, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is a 2,000-year-old problem in the church. 2,000-year-old problem. When there's problems, people think, oh, I won't go to church. No, no, listen, if you've got problems, church is the place to go to. Amen? 
It cures the mumps and measles of the soul, as I often say, going to church. So, number two, number two, number two. Learn to love what the king loves and learn to hate what the king hates. All right? Learn to love what he loves. Learn to hate what he hates. And that comes out of relationship, no? Huh? After I got married, before I got married, I was uh, emotionally allergic to spinach. Emotionally allergic. Not physically, emotionally. You know, we didn't have spinach in our home. And if it was there, it was there as a decoration around the meat. You didn't touch it. It went out, you know. Um, and then when I got married, I loved my wife, Cynthia. And out of my love for Cynthia, I learned to eat spinach. She's very proud of me that she has taught me this, this wonderful thing, to eat spinach. Good for iron and all sorts of other lovely things for health. But you know, when you love somebody, you learn to love what they love. Isn't that true? And the same thing happens with Jesus. Things that we were indifferent to, bad language, anger, outbursts, we begin to say, the king doesn't love this, I've got to cut it out of my life. Amen? But it's a relational thing. And finally, finally, and this is really finally, finally, let's serve the king. There's no greater thing you can do then serve King Jesus. Amen? All the rewards that we will get when we come face to face with Him will come because we have served Him. I don't think we'll get rewards for our titles. You know, I've got some of them. I don't think the angel will, will welcome me into heaven with my, my college title. I doubt they will say, now Dr. Ranjit is coming. I doubt that's going to be my, my, uh, my uh, introduction there. These things will have virtually no value in heaven. But all that we have done for the king, those are the things that we will get rewarded for. So let me end and say, you know, has perhaps no one thanked you for coming early and putting out the chairs? Has perhaps no one said thank you to you because you're the last person to wash the cups and clean the toilets and lock the doors of the meeting and nobody even knows that you did it and you think, what's the point of doing this? I'll tell you what the point is. There's an angel writing it down. And the day will come when God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are constantly amazed that you would take us out of darkness, wash us once and for all by your precious blood, and bring us into this amazing place of light called the kingdom of God. We thank you it's a place of amazements and delight. It's a place of joy. And above all, it's a place of effectively serving the King of Kings. Help us now to revel in the benefits of the kingdom of God. Help us to go after these seven things that we have looked at today. And help us now to develop deeper relationship with you all the days of our life. Help us to put our lives and our energies into seeing your kingdom come. That one day when we stand before you, you will look at us and say, well done, 
good and faithful servant. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you and thank you for listening.